Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Minds podcast. I'm Matt Bork. You're now watching and listening to Liberty's number one podcast, Yup the Liberties, Yup the Flats. On the show today, I'm joined by Biel <laughs> Pal, Jody Kennedy. Jody, what's the crack? What's the story, brother? How are you getting on? I'm absolutely fantastic. I'm absolutely feeling Gucci, and I'll tell you why in a minute. How are you? I'm good, brother. I'm very good. Yeah, yeah. Just sticking it out through all this madness, you know what I mean? And staying, uh, just staying solid, as solid as I can. And you, to be you. there for the, the people around me and show up for myself, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, you uh, are, yeah. you are, you are solid. You've been flirting with me the last, I don't know, nearly a year <laughs> trying to get you on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, eventually, I eventually got you on. You know what they say, treat the men, keep them keen, you know? Yeah, you are fluff. You are fluffing me. You are fluffing. Ah, me. never, never, never. <laughs> no, no, no. Guys, I've asked Jody to come on the show. Jody is what you would describe as an ancestral health expert. You know, he really delves deep into all things that are health: mind, body, soul, spiritual. You know, whether it's breath work, whether it's movement, whether it's nutrition, and from the stuff that I follow on his Instagram page and what I know of him. He walks the walk and he's not just talk the talk and it's not just textbook and he really inspires me. And you know what? You know what they say, Jody, you're the average of the five people you, you surround yourself. You surround yourself with some really cool, fascinating, deadly people. So I'm super excited to get you on. Yes. Love it. Nice intro. Thank you, mate. Well done. Well done. That's the part I always struggle with when people say on a podcast, tell us about yourself. What do you do? You know what I mean? It's much easier if someone else does it. That was great, mate. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it i love it i love it uh do you know what one one thing myself and just give you a little backstory myself and jody met each other on a talk we done for first fortnight with uh, a mutual friend and toy gluby uh, and what one of the things i remember and it sticks in my brain very very clearly on that night when you talked about the low-hanging fruit as in mm. what can you take away the mind yourself or help you and shut your mouth <laughs> and then you went and breathe through your nose but I thought I said that's a fucking winner shut your yeah. mouth and breathe but what you went then was breathe through your nose breathing yeah. through your nose nasal breathing is phenomenal mm. isn't it for, for health benefits yeah the breath is like it's so powerful man and it's like the funny thing about breathing uh Actually, funny, I'm thinking about that night because I think I left the pause a little bit too long after shut your mouth and it was kind of got a bit weird in the room. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 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 looking back, funny. I've got to get that on a t shirt, you know, like shut your mouth, breathe your nose. But, uh, big gap, big gap, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like small writing, yeah. But uh, yeah, the, the question was like, what's the one thing that people could do to, to like, do better for themselves or, or do the best for themselves. Do you know what I mean? Um, and the breathing is such a, it affects so many different areas of our lives. Like, like in the art of breath, we were talking about that earlier in the system that I learned in, you know, they talk about three different pillars. So it's like your state. So your nervous state and um, the state of your nervous system, but also like emotional state is included in that. The mechanics of your body, so how your body is set up, how relaxed your tissues are, how energized you are, and then the physiology of the chemistry in your body, like the energy systems, what's going on within the actual tissues and within the blood in your body. And the breath is the one thing that can affect all of these things, like positively or negatively. That's the dog. Can you hear her on the on the mic? <laughs> Don't be sniffing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so the breath, like it's just this super powerful tool that we can use to affect our mental state our nervous state our physical state of our tissues like our body our physical our skeleton the space we have in our body and the biochemistry the, the physiology of stress in the body about what's going on and really it all comes down to stress because carbon dioxide is the stress molecule of the body and everything we do like whether it's you know whether it's stress from work in an emotional state, you create carbon dioxide in the body. The same is true with physical stress. So if you're training in the gym and you're doing your 270 kilo deadlifts, man, uh, you know, you're, you're creating, <laughs> you're creating a ton of CO2 with all of these things. So, so all of the, 
this stress that we put on our body, our mind, our emotional state, this all creates CO2 and we have to be able to deal with this within our body. And the way we breathe affects like all of those things in a massive way. So like you might think that breathing through your nose or breathing through your mouth could have a huge effect on whether you recover well from a deadlift session or on whether you can, you know, get yourself down out of a fight or flight state after your boss has given you like a really shit day, do you know what I mean? And being on your back all day, um, your nervous system doesn't know the difference between physical stress or emotional stress. It all just accumulates as stress, you know, and the breath is the one tool that we can back engineer our body's ability to deal with stress, you know? Um, so yeah. it's, a, it's a two-way system. When we get stressed, our breath responds by speeding up and getting faster and we tend to breathe through the mouth. So that's like a way of our body dealing with stress. But also if we breathe wrong and we're breathing through our mouth instead of breathing through our nose, then we're upregulating our nervous system. And we're kind of putting our body into a more stressed state. So it's a, it's a two-way system. The breath and stress, they work one against the other do you know what i mean but it's it we can control it either way as well so the breath is a response to stress we can also use the breath to control stress brilliant i listened to a, a podcast today with your man your lad you follow brian mckenzie is it yeah. uh, he gave a great quote uh, some guy bk something years ago a yogi dude he said the mind is the the mind is the control but the breath controls the mind yeah, yeah, the, like the 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 the, breath, uh, the mind is the CEO, but the breath is the CEO over the the yeah. the mind. Oyengar, um, I think that that quote is. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, the mind is the mind is the king of the senses, and the breath is the king of the mind. It's something like that. And I yeah, just yeah, yeah. phenomenal. And I've been yeah. implementing nasal breathing the last three days. You know, I read that book, The Oxen Advantage, in 2016, and I loved it. But it, it, it fell away and I didn't implement it. But it came across it the other day. And I've checked, like in the last few days, by just nasal breathing, I've lowered my, 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 my resting heart rate. I've increased my heart rate variability. I actually feel more calm, more centered, less all over the shop uh, in those three days. It's just phenomenal. It's, it's unreal, yeah. isn't it? It's nearly hard to believe, Matt. That's the problem. And I think that's like, it's becoming much more mainstream now, but I think like up till now, maybe someone says to you, you know, like the way you breathe could be like affecting so much of your life. You're kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like the way I breathe, like we breathe every day anyway, you know, like I don't know how do I need to learn to breathe, but this is like in the ancestral idea. Um, the whole kind of concept is that we're born a certain way. You know, we have these innate natural talents, like kids, will breathe naturally babies you know they move naturally they have all access to all of this different range of motion and then as we get older we lose all of that do you know what i mean so ancestral health like as a concept is about returning to our natural state from the kind of zoo human idea of of you know how our environment has shaped us in this modern world how the society the chairs that we sit in the jobs that we work in our lack of access to light, all these things are kind of unnatural, you know, and they move us away from our natural state, which is mobile, breathing easy, you know, moving well. These are all like natural things that we're born with, but we graduate away from them. We're pulled away from them because we don't understand, you know, and we're only starting to understand the effects, like the the effects that this has down the road as we get older. Um, you know, lack of mobility is one of the biggest problems for all it's one of the biggest reasons that people are admitted to nursing homes like is because they lose the mobility to get up off the floor like and it's such a simple thing like if you keep greasing that groove and you keep doing it you'll always have the ability to get up off the floor and you'll always have your independence you know um but such a simple thing like you don't do it if you don't use it you lose it do you know what i mean and the breath is very much the same but um it can be easy to discount it because it sounds so fucking simple do you know what i mean it's like how could something so simple be such a game changer but um like you say there like we have all the tech now to be able to look at this stuff like you, on your apple watch now you can read your heart rate variability you know rest and heart rate sleep cycles all these things are 
feedback, you know, and uh, you can use these to monitor what you're doing. So it's great. Apart from the somatic thing of how you feel when you do breath work and like feeling calmer, like you say, you can actually see in real time the benefits of this stuff, you know, and what's happening there with you is you start breathing through your nose um, as opposed to your mouth, you're instantly down-regulating your nervous system, do you know what I mean? So instead of if you're breathing through your mouth, you're sitting just a little bit higher because if you think about your stress continuum, on one end you have rest and digest, on the other end you have fight or flight, you know, mm. and it's not one or the other. So people tend to think like I'm either parasympathetic, rest and digest, or I'm sympathetic, fight or flight, but it's a sliding scale. It's like a, it's like a slider, yeah, or a seesaw, exactly. So you're never like completely one or completely the other. It's more of a sliding scale. So when you're breathing through your mouth, you know, you're shifting that that slider up towards sympathetic, up towards fight or flight, up towards upregulating stress. When you breathe through your nose, it's pushing it back down towards the parasympathetic rest and digest side of things. And there's loads of reasons for that. Like one of the one of the things is carbon dioxide. So we need a certain amount of carbon dioxide in the body to create the right acidic environment within the tissues. So what happens with oxygen is oxygen comes down from your lungs into the blood, attaches to the hemoglobin. When it reaches your tissues, if the right acidic environment is not there, so if there's not enough CO2 being held in that area, the gateway is closed. Oxygen can't pass from the blood into the tissue for energy production, right? So what you'll have then is anaerobic energy production, which is like sugar burning, high intensity anaerobic stuff, right? So that's our that's our emergency fuel system, really. Um, if you can retain, and the reason we, we get like, we call this intolerance to CO2, and the reason you get intolerant to CO2 is because when you're mouth breathing, you're just dumping all of this carbon dioxide out of your body. So you don't hold onto enough carbon dioxide in your body to create this correct acidic environment that we need for the oxygen to jump from the blood to the tissue. Does that make sense? Yeah, so you're basically, this is the key. This opens the lock, but we're actually... Exactly, key lock, right? same thing, same thing. So if you're breathing through your mouth all the time, you're exhaling all the CO2, you're never holding on to it, you're not tolerant to CO2, um, so you don't have the correct acidic environment in your tissues. So you're always burning a, the sugar fat continuum is the same, it's not one or the other, it's always a sliding scale, but you're pushing that slider up towards anaerobic, sugar burning, like your high intensity energy system, as opposed to where it should be, which is in the low intensity kind of fat burning. So that the more we breathe through our nose, it creates restriction. So it means we hold on to, first of all, we breathe less because we're, we're breathing through a, a restricted zone, you know, but there's a lots of other reasons. Like we release a gas called nitric oxide into the air as we breathe it. And this perfuses the blood in our lungs. It lifts the blood up through our lungs. So we get about 30% more extraction of oxygen from the blood in our uh, the air in our lungs it's vasodilate exactly that vasodilate and bronchial dilating as well so it, yeah, it yeah. dilates the the pulmonary pathways like so the the aortas and all all the things that we we breathe through you know um so when we breathe through our nose we retain a certain amount of carbon dioxide and this allows the acidic environment to be correct within the muscles, within the tissues, and the same is true with the brain. So it means that oxygen can jump from the blood into the tissue at will to create energy. And it means that we're also using fat as our primary fuel source. So if you look at people that, you know, you get this super common thing where someone eats and then like two hours later, they're starving again. And then they eat again and they gravitate towards like, starchy or sugary foods and if you think about what's going on in the tissues like how they're creating energy if that person is a mouth breather they are always burning sugar as a primary primary source of fuel you know so of course they have to keep topping it up because you can only store 150 grams of carbohydrate in your muscles at any one time do you know what i mean yeah. so of course they have to keep topping it up it's like a marathon runner that's breathing through their mouth having to use gels like if we can breathe through our nose, we can shift all that energy production back towards fat and use our long-term energy source, which is what it's, it's made for, you know? But just by changing your breathing pattern, you're changing the whole method of energy production within your body and shifting it all towards like high stress, 
sugar burning, anaerobic, you know? Um, and then that becomes a snowball. That becomes a snowball because you have chemoreceptors. Sorry, I'm ranting here a bit. But yeah, no, <laughs> you, have chemoreceptors. It, <laughs> you have chemoreceptors um, like in your arteries and in your veins and they measure. There's no measurement in your body. There's no sensors for oxygen, but you have sensors for carbon dioxide, right? Yeah. So these sensors are measuring the volume of carbon dioxide in your blood. And if you're a mouth breather and you're always offloading all of the carbon dioxide instead of retaining a little bit, then these chemoreceptors basically learn that like this lower level of carbon dioxide is normal. So anytime you get into a stressful situation or anytime you create any kind of physical effort and you produce a little bit more carbon dioxide, these chemoreceptors, like even though you're at a very normal level of CO2, they think you're through the roof because they've learned that this very low level in your, in your body. So it feels like to your chemoreceptors, it's like overload, overload. So <sighs> you start breathing through your mouth to, to get that CO2 out. And, you know, you can go into hyperventilation and, you know, panic attacks, all that stuff is connected to the levels of CO2 and how you deal with them. It's fascinating stuff, man. It's, it's, but it's, it- it is, like you said there, you know, it all sounds very complicated and people might be going, oh, Jesus Christ, can't get me out around that. But yeah. just the simple fact of what you said at the very start, close your mouth, breathe through your nose. Yeah. You can do it in your car. You can do it at your desk in the office. Yeah. Really simple and applicable anywhere. Yeah. And like I'm studying science and I'm interested in health like maybe 20 years now or in science 10 health years. And this is only dropping for me now. I'm linking the the, the physical, the spiritual, the mental, it all comes together like the yogi's been doing for 5,000 years. Close your mouth, breathe in, use your mechanics the way we were designed. Yeah. And it's really simple. Bang for book. It's 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 a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And like, like on a real simple level, like your mouth is designed for eating, drinking and talking. Like if you look at the design of your mouth, you know what I mean? Teeth, tongue lips (laughs) it's a big hole to get filled down your nose is like such a super intricate instrument you know what i mean like the the filters the cilia filters that you have the conches like it has these circular kind of spiral uh shapes within it so as the air passes through these spirals what happens is like the air turns the corner but any particles that are in the air they're heavier than the air so as the air turns the corner the particles get like fired on they stick to the edge of the of the passageway do you know what i mean so this is like snot and all the dirt that you get up your nose but it's a genius design like cars use the same design for air intakes as the air comes in it passes through this really sharp bend and all the particles are heavier so they keep going they stick to the the edge of the thing and the clean air passes through you know but the nose humidifies the air uh, it makes it the right humidity, the right temperature for your lungs to extract the oxygen from it. Um, all the, the hairs, obviously, you have the same amount of hair in your nose as you do on your head. Well, not you, obviously, but for now. <laughs> there's, the same amount of, there's the same amount of hair follicles in your nostrils as there is on your head. <laughs> Just one. one oh, someone, someone told me, when I had hair a few years ago, someone told me I looked like chicken little. <laughs> that's bad form <laughs> true but bad form how, yeah. then how 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 much of your day do you spend with just nasal breathing like i'm trying to do it all the time every day and i forget yeah, sometimes you but a lo- yeah you should do it like 90 percent of your day like unless you're doing unless you're doing something that's physically demanding like as in above aerobic pace so like anything from sleeping, sitting on your arse watching telly, walking, cycling, anything at a low level pace. Once you start breathing through your nose, like you know this because you, you, you train and all, you're in like anaerobic energy production. So once you start breathing through your mouth, you shift towards sugar burning straight away. So if you think about it in that respect, like even if you're jogging or you're biking or whatever, if you can maintain nasal breathing, first of all, you're, you're staying parasympathetic so you're staying in a more rest and digest state so it means you you will recover faster you don't do as much damage you know 
because the sugar burning is a much dirtier energy system. Like it, it does a lot more damage technically within the body that we have to recover from. So 90% of your day, 95% probably for most people should be nasal breathing. Um, but the problem uh, with this is that it's, if you haven't been breathing through your nose for a long time, then there's a feeling of congestion and there's a feeling of restriction and there's a feeling of discomfort because, you know, again, those chemoreceptors have been trained to just deal with such a tiny amount of CO2 in your body because you're always <laughs> huffing it out of your mouth that it takes time to retrain them. Do you know what I mean? Now, it's, it doesn't take a, a ton of time, but, you know, you got to get over that initial little hump of, like, changing something. You know, it's like anything. It's like starting your first training program or starting journaling for the first time or starting meditating, whatever it might be. It just takes that little bit of time. Of course, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, you, go on, sorry, you're talking. Oh, no, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, sir. I, I, I just... <laughs> I just think that bang for book, I think that what you get back for what you have to put out is well worth just sticking it through. Like I've done that this might go into me fourth day. I've raised me, me HRV, lowered me heart rate. Even by just closing my mouth mindfully, my mind has clo my mind has slowed down a little bit as well. I'm less my mind chatter has has dropped a little bit. And mine would always be tink, 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 tink. What's next? Mm. What's going on? That has quietened a little bit. It's because I'm literally saying, close your mouth, stop talking, stop talking, yeah. literally, and stop talking in here. Yeah. Have you have you experienced that as well with people? Yeah. And it's not just that. It's actually there's there's a deeper thing going on there. So when like I said, when you're breathing through your nose, your breath slows down. Okay, see so the pace of your breathing slows down, and the reason that that's important is because your vagus nerve, like you, I'm sure you've heard the vagus nerve, uh, in your game. So the vagus nerve passes through your diaphragm, you know, and the vagus nerve is like the central governor nearly for your um, for your nervous system. So this is what dictates whether we're in fight or flight or in rest and digest, and it passes through the diaphragm. So as we're breathing, the diaphragm is moving and it's actually like stimulates the vagus nerve. So if your breathing is fast, it's moving fast it stimulates the vagus nerve and it starts pushing you towards a stress response if your breathing is slow it's relaxes the vagus nerve and it starts pushing you towards a relaxed rest and digest state so just by breathing through the nose you're slowing the breathing down and this like stimulating effect on the vagus nerve is slowing down so and mm -hmm. like inhales generally inhales are stimulating for the vagus nerve and exhales long exhales are relaxing so like if a really simple thing to do if you ever feel like you're in like you know a, a really high nervous state or you're in a stressful state is just to start elongating your exhales so just start to make those exhales a little bit longer breathe in at a normal pace elongate the exhale just try and make each exhale a little bit longer a little bit longer a little bit longer and what you're doing is just letting the vagus nerve spend a little bit more time in that relaxing state you know as the diaphragm moves across it and you can bring yourself right down you can walk your nervous system down out of a nervous state but at the same time you can also walk your nervous system up into a stressful state by focusing on the inhale you know if you look at like wim hof for instance like it's very mouth breathing it's all inhale focused you know it's all about the inhale with a short exhale and that's like ramping us up that's bringing us into a, a upregulated state you know so mm. yeah we, it gives us the ability to ma manipulate the vagus nerve and that in turn lets us control the the emotional state you know and vagus nerve is really important for anyone that has experienced trauma you know, childhood trauma, abuse, whatever, like really soothing the uh, the vagus nerve. Me specifically, I've looked up and I've done a lot of research on the vagus nerve, you know, humming, which also stimulates more nitric oxide, you know, uh, breath, work, blah, blah, blah. It's fantastic for regulating because that's the thing that people have difficulty with when they've had a trauma. They're easily upregulated to the asympathetic fight, flight, freeze, where we want them to be able to self-soothe like what you were saying there, focus more on that exhale, which 
predominantly is a parasympathetic exactly. uh, stimulant, isn't it? Which is brilliant. Come here. What what brought you into this field? Where what started it all for you? You know this whole exploration of health, and you're such you have an expansive interest and knowledge and expertise in it all. But where did it begin for you? We don't want me asking that. Um, look, I don't. The exact start point is hard to pin down. Like I played sport. Like I played GA in hurling as a young player. Played rugby at a higher level when I was in school in secondary. Um, and I got into martial arts. I suppose martial arts was the first place that I started thinking about okay. this stuff holistically in terms of like we would have done some philosophy, you know, some Eastern style philosophy stuff. We've been looking at like the five elements and, you know, different stuff like that. And then doing like, I didn't know it was breath work at the time, but we were doing breathing practices. We were doing, you know, breathing and movement at the, at the same time. Um, and that always, I just found that always was a a very focusing thing for me. Like it was because I was a bit mental as a kid, like in terms of it was just a bit wild, you know what I mean? I found it very hard to focus on things. And um, yeah, it was probably just a little bit wild, you know. But this stuff really like pulled me in, you know. And it was the breath, the philosophy, all that. And that was the first time I kind of, yeah, started to really like maybe be, to feel that like introspective part of it. And then I joined the army and I drifted a little bit. Like I kept training in martial arts, but maybe as I got a little bit older, I kind of drifted away from that, like having so much interest in the esoteric side of uh, martial arts, if you want to put it that way, or the more philosophical side of it. And then I remember after being in there for like maybe eight years or something, I remember one day just like it's a pretty high intensity environment in terms of like you know you're on the go all the time i just remember like for the first time in my life like realizing that i was actually stressed it was like this is like actually really fucking stressful you know what i mean and uh i was like i have to find some way to to deal with this do you know what i mean and like i had done like meditation practices or breathwork practices back in the day in martial arts so we're just going to start gravitating back towards that because I've tried mindfulness meditation. I got that eight-week mindfulness uh, meditation. I can't remember your man's name now, but it's, it's a pretty famous like mindfulness course that you could get back in the day. It was a book and an audio CD, you know. And uh, I found it hard just to, to sit still and meditate. But when I did some breathing, when I did some of the, the stuff that I had done back in the day, you know, uh, it just allowed me to sit still and do the meditation. So it was just a tool that I was able to use at that time. This was like way before I even knew it was breath work. You know what I mean? I just was doing the things that had made me feel focused and feel good. And that allowed me to meditate. You know what I mean? And then the, I, the huge change I noticed in that was all of a sudden, like I didn't have this underlying like, like stress that was always there in, in that place. There was always this like fear of like, fucking up or doing something wrong or like the repercussions of you know because it's just so like you can't do anything fucking wrong like you get lifted out of it so uh that kind of started to disappear do you know what i mean I, I noticed that like stress dissipating and it was fascinating like, i was like whoa that, this is different like it was a real a real difference um and i kind of kept that up you know and then i got into the training more uh Started doing like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and a bit of MMA training. Uh, got into the CrossFit stuff, opened up a CrossFit gym that like exposed me to so many different areas like of weightlifting, gymnastics, you know, and that gave me like a, people talk shit about CrossFit, but it actually is a great starting point in terms of I got exposed to all these different things, you know what I mean? Like that I hadn't been exposed to before because when I was in the army, like and before that training was like doing 10k runs and doing a couple of push-ups and maybe do some bicep curls in the gym you know what i mean just copying what like the older lads were doing you know I remember it was overseas and there was a lad bodybuilding over there so for six months i went on this like bodybuilding trip with your man and just like eat eat as much food as you can and like just do whatever he was doing in the gym you know what I mean? <laughs> like copying him and uh I put on like 25 kilos or something and I thought I was playing dead. I came home and I was like, and I was just like, 
It was just a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was in bits, you know what I mean? When I can't remember getting off the plane, and people were like, oh, all right. Talk to you Yeah, with nothing better to do. And here, I was over there, and this, at the end of the trip, I used to go running, and my calves kept cramping up, and I couldn't figure out what it was. I was like, after putting on bleeding 20 kilos or something, that was the problem. <laughs> here, I was blaming the heat, and I was like, it was real hot here, it must be that. But um, you were taking magnesium tablets, thinking that that was hurt your Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not hydrated enough. But uh, yeah, like then I picked up a couple of injuries, like uh, doing jujitsu, jujitsu competitions. I, I picked up a couple of bad injuries, um, and that kind of brought me to a point where I couldn't do all the stuff that I, had, I was doing before. You know what I mean? I couldn't lift. I couldn't roll, I couldn't do jiu-jitsu, couldn't do striking. I couldn't do anything really, I couldn't run. Um, so I had to really just start looking at different stuff. And this is when I started looking into the like the movement side of stuff, the the move not like the natural movement stuff, um, the likes of handstands. Like handstands was just something that I was able to do because it was only my hands on the floor <laughs> and my little legs were banjaxed, you know. <laughs> so it was just something that I could do and I could train and, and feel some progression in. Um, so rehabbing those injuries was actually a gift in a lot of ways because it just brought me in a totally different direction, you know. Um, and then I started doing a lot of yoga as part of that rehab. And I really, like, gravitated towards yoga. Like, people talk a lot of shit about yoga as well, but, man, like, yoga... I know, like, the, the version of yoga maybe that we see now is not, like, traditional, the, the traditional yoga, you know, but it's very close to what we would consider a good, complete practice, you know what I mean? You're doing some some movement, you're doing some breathing, like, uh, you're doing some meditation. Uh, there's, like, a whole system there, you know, five to 8,000 years old, like, so... There's a lot in yoga, you know what I mean? There's a lot in yoga. And like, I wouldn't say I'm a yogi, but I don't subscribe to any one, one system, do you know what I mean? I like rob everything from, from all of them. Like take what's good and leave what's not. Um, yeah, and that's what I, I believe that's what good coaches should do. You know hmm. what I mean? No, sis, there's no cookie-cutter approach. And there's a question I'll ask you in a few minutes, but there's no cookie-cutter approach if Mary or Johnny comes to you for health. You know, I think coaches should take a bit from this principle, take a bit from this practice, blah, 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 and create a system that that works for them. You know, I say this to other people about minding your little self. Take a little bit of what I do. Take a bit of what Jody does and find a blueprint that works for you and then create your own system just like what you did. And you know what's lovely what I just what I picked up on what you said there? You got an injury, but you used it as a gift that brought you on a direction you know, where people say, oh, I can't train, I'm fucked, my legs are bollocks, blah, 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 I'm sitting on the couch, uh, watch Netflix and chill. You see that as a gift and done handstands and then you've done yoga and then look where they led you. At the time, I probably didn't say it as a gift, but... <laughs> um, Point it twice, was a, 2020 vision. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it was a journey and you're right, like, it's like people get, like, you can't get so attached like you can't identify with one thing. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm not a yogi, but I, I do yoga. You know what I mean? But I don't consider myself a yogi uh, because if I did, then something happens and I can't do yoga. And then what am I like? Who am I? You know? And I I had that with I suppose I had that with the army and I had that with CrossFit as well to a certain extent. You know, it took me a long time to extract myself out of CrossFit, like mentally, and like be able to do a workout without like feeling like I should be lying on the floor in a pile of sweat afterwards. Cause I just like, this was how I conditioned myself. You know I mean, I had a great yeah. time trying to cross it. Like it's great fun, but like once you associate or you identify with one thing, then all your uh, worth is tied up in that. You know what I mean? So you see it with, with people who do triathlons or marathon runners or whatever. Once you associate with that thing and it becomes your identity, then if it's taken away from you, it can be very hard to get over that. Do you know what I mean? Um, so identify as human first and then all 100%. those other things are just those things that you can do, you know? Yeah, that's something I tried to get rid of years ago, Jody. All these labels, the same. I can really resonate with what you just said there 
about the weights. You know, my identity was always the gym, lift weights, blah, 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 blah. But people don't know that I have a huge advocate and interest in all things health. And I always have. It just shows that weight lifting and training was what something I believe would get me to where I want to go. And I wasn't into running. But if I can't do that and I need to change, I'll change because the bigger picture is I like health, I like training, I like knowing and, and improving health markers. But it's it's getting away from that identity, isn't it, of, of totally. lifting weights, benching, squatting, blah, yeah. blah, blah, because people associate you with you. That's all you are. Yeah. And at the same time, like, I don't want to sound like... I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on him because I suppose sometimes I listen back to myself and I sound like I'm shitting on because I'm talking about my own journey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I like, if you're that. into lifting weights or uh, if you love squatting or like all power to you, like it's it's not mm. a bad thing. It's never a bad thing. And any movement or any practice is better than no practice. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. as long as you're doing something, you're already like way up the ladder. You're already like miles ahead. But just be mindful that like, that's not the only thing out there um, and especially when it comes to strength because when you get tied up in the numbers like i remember having this realization of like i had like a 198 deadlift or something and like i wanted the round no i wanted 200 do you know what i mean like but it took me six to eight months to put those two kilos on the bar and by the time I did it, I was in ribbons like it was in bits from all the training sessions and then i remember thinking like wow what is the cost of like those two kilos right to for to get that nice round number and what mm. was the yeah what's the it's diminishing returns at some stage so like how strong can you get it's not linear like you're going to hit a certain point where you're just not going to be able to get any stronger or if you do the cost of that on your body is going to be huge you know so at that stage you need to start thinking laterally like where how can i expand in different directions like how strong do you need to be like do you know what i mean yeah because this yeah. is a question like, like how much weight do you need to be able to squat like i would say if you can squat like if you're 80 kilos and you can squat like 150 or 160 like you're fucking you don't need to be a squat any more weight than that you know it even go lower than that do you know what i mean if you're 80 kilos you can squat 120 for a couple of reps like like in terms of just being healthy and being strong like how much stronger than that do you need to be? And what's the cost of chasing the numbers further and further, you know? Yeah, and it's either, like, you're either doing it for just the love of doing it or it's for an aesthetics, because all you're doing is you're going up and down, lifting weights. You're just, mm. you know, lateral moving or, or up and down vertical. So what it, what is the goal? It's either you love it or it's for an aesthetic. But what I've learned and what I've, I've understood over the last number of years is there's so much more. There's so much more things we can do. There's so much more ways we can improve our, our physical appearance, our mental health, our spiritual practice, isn't it? I have to say, I pigeonholed myself into just going to the gym and I was probably very uh, narrow-minded because uh, I was a lifter. All I wanted was lift weights because it was for aesthetics. I wanted mm -hmm. to look a certain way and that was ingrained in my probably self-belief of not looking good enough, you know? But there's so much more out there to explore, isn't there? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your motivation, I suppose, as well is like, like you say, like looking at your motivations and what your reasoning is for doing a certain thing. Like, why are we, are we just doing something because that's what? And this is a huge problem in the fitness industry and in the health industry is that, and something that I want to change. Like, I would say, if I had a mission, right, it's to. Uh, it's to really fucking educate people like in terms of this stuff like and empower them empowerment like you can take control of this you don't need to be doing like david beckham's workout out of fucking men's health or like just doing things because you think that's what you should be doing like how many how much of the stuff that we're told to do in the fitness game or in the health game is just something that's being sold to us or it's you know what i mean it's just like it's the the goal is profit the goal is not for you to be healthy and feel good it's for you to come back and do another eight-week program or yeah. to buy the magazine or you know whatever it might be to buy the supplement or what so the whole the whole industry is skewed in a lot of ways and people yeah on one hand people need to take empowerment over their own health 
but the information is it's confusing like that the industry is so confusing for people and i can only imagine like you you are training a long time as am i and it's still easy to get confused you know what i mean i feel like i'm only like breaking through the veil at the moment you know what i mean but yeah. Like imagine what it's like for people who have never trained and they want to get yeah. started and they're looking at it. it's like where do I start? What do we do? Do we just start running marathons? Do I just start like hammering the weights? What do we do? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's all smoke and mirrors as well with the fitness injury, you know, fucking full of snake oil sellers. This'll get you this. Eat yeah. six meals, eat this product, take this supplement, stick this yeah. blue pill up your hole, take this red <laughs> pill at nine, at nine o'clock tomorrow, you'd be grand. And yeah. it's like it's overload, totally. overload. Yeah. So here's my, here's my question to you, Jody, right? Yeah. So Johnny, Mary, whoever it is, comes to you. They want to improve their health. They want to, you know, uh, live a better, happier life, get healthy. Doctor tells them. What, what's the approach you take with people? What do, Where do you start with them? Yeah, well, first of all, it's like, if your goal is just to get healthy, then you want to be a generalist. You don't want to be a specialist, right? So... A specialist is someone like a marathon runner or a sprinter or uh, whatever, you know, a CrossFit athlete would be like a specialist to a certain degree as well. Say, stop. <laughs> She's very needy. Come over here. Are you sure that's not Eve? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so like humans naturally are generalists, right? So I would say you've got four, four areas you probably want to focus on. Um, and you don't have to do tons of stuff, but you got to be doing a little bit of strength work, like whatever that, whether that's like push-ups, pull-ups, squats, all body weight, that's fine. It doesn't matter. But you got to be doing a little bit of strength work of some kind. You want to be definitely focusing on mobility. So you got to start unlocking your body. You got to start opening up those ranges again. Again, bringing yourself back to a more natural state. You want to be doing a lot of low-level nasal breathing type work um that's all about your heart health it's all about your you know aerobic efficiency um your co2 tolerance these are all things that you can make a fucking massive difference you know what i mean like huge difference um and then a little bit of high intensity stuff i'd say very short sessions of you know four minutes of like a tabata style thing of burpees or something you know 20 seconds on 10 seconds off for four minutes very simple but the idea is like you know when you look at you know when you look at a fighter in a video game and they have that little thing down the bottom like their strength chart and it'll be like skewed you know they'll have like more speed or more agility or so what you want if you're looking at yourself like the fighter instead of having like it's skewed up towards one single uh, attribute you want it to be like evenly spreading so you want to be getting stronger more mobile more aerobically efficient and you want all those things to be growing at the same time um, and there's also a synergistic effect to that so when you do those things together when you do those four kind of areas when you do them all there's a synergistic effect to that they all work in conjunction with each other because they all make you healthier in different ways do you know what i mean like weightlifting will make you uh, it'll increase your, your muscle mass it'll make your metabolism faster it'll make you more insulin sensitive um your aerobic work will teach your body to burn fat as a fuel the anaerobic stuff will help you to maintain muscle mass it'll help you to release growth hormone um you know and the mobility stuff obviously will help you to open up ranges and not feel pain and like there's a synergistic effect to all of those so yeah i would say if someone's starting start really simple really easy um small small increments but just try to keep it well rounded you know a little bit of low intensity, a little bit of high intensity, some mobility and some strength work. And, you know, you can make huge, huge gains with that if you stay consistent. So you don't need to be running marathons or doing any mad shit because we always gravitate towards the extreme, isn't it? Go from like, I do nothing to I'm going to do like CrossFit six days a week or I'm going to run a marathon in three months time, you know, and you're broken up then. And once you're injured and... That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> it's that more it's that more mentality. More is better, isn't it? If we do more, if I if I breathe more, if I train more, if I starve myself more, if I put more into it, I'll get more back. It's that yeah. like yeah. more is better, isn't it? It's true. And the same even with the breath you see, you know, it's like everyone gravitates towards 
like the extreme practices. So like the Kapalabhati or the bellows breath or the vacuum breathing or the Wim Hof style stuff. It's all the, the more intense stuff because I think I'm going to get a little bit weird now, but I think in a lot of ways, like we're numb, you know, as a, as a society, like we're near emotionally numb or maybe we don't, feel as much as we should you know and things like the extreme things they allow us to experience things wholly you know like when you're in something extreme whether it's a workout or whether it's a breath practice whatever it might be you're absorbed you're in that thing and all of the rest of the shit is gone isn't it you know all of your worries about your bills and your boss and whatever that's all gone so for that moment it's nearly like a meditative state in a way you know that we can escape and we can like feel something you know at the same time that's a great point because like let's be honest uh jody's you know exercise is fantastic but it's also an avoidance just like drink just like drugs just like any kind of high gambling mm-hmm. sex porn porn pornographic stuff whatever you know people get into these extremes like if i do more of it i get a bigger yeah. boy you know yeah. best bang for buck consistency commitment discipline accountability whether it's breeding whether it's nutrition whether it's training whether it's relationships these things work go straight for like eating the whole bar of chocolate you know you can take a little nibble every day or even want to he want to jam the whole fucking Toblerone in (laughs) again i think it's again the same thing it's like the the lack of uh the lack of sensation or the lack of like the numbness, you know, there's a, there's a lot. Of, and I like, I'm speaking personally from my own fucking experience because well, that me was too. me. Do you know what I mean? Like me I've too. been like, I've been that numb person who, who doesn't feel and I always gravitated towards the extreme, you know? Um, because in that there was something that made me feel alive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I do yeah. it too. Like the breeding, I do breeding or do something. I want to then do more. I want to be an instructor. I want to learn more. What am I doing? I'm delving in. I'm feeding the the this ravaging senses in me. You know, the think and the feel yeah. and I want more. Yeah. And I have to catch myself. And go, kill your fucking jets there, Wim Hof. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why, like you know, the idea of meditation is so good, and that it allows us to to detach. Uh, not in a bad way, but to detach from all of the madness going on without numbing ourselves, you know, and that we can actually learn to sit with it um, and learn to be still and be silent as opposed to running away from it. Because, yes, like flow states, like extreme sports or like whatever it may be, training in the gym, they do have a positive effect in that they allow us to escape. But at the same time, it's still escapism. Do you know what I mean? You're not you're not dealing with the underlying whatever is going on. You know, whatever yeah. that like great thing is. You know, and and learning to meditate and sit with it is, I think, just such a powerful tool. And the breath is a lead into that. So, like the original yogic practice, you know, is not asana. Like the movements that we see. Um, and I'm only learning this now because a few of my friends are doing doing yoga horse and I'm talking back and forth to them. And it's actually fascinating. So the original practice is like the the movement, the asanas, the sun salutations, that's only to get your body prepared for meditation, you know? So you do your asana and then you do pranayama, which is breathing practice after that, you know? And then the whole goal of that is to walk it down into a meditation practice. So like the majority of your yoga would look like you sitting and you know being still and meditating but we've now of course the way we do things we've gravitated towards just the movement you know what i mean and then you do a two minute meditation at the end or whatever but that's a good way to think about it it's a good way to walk yourself down you know the movement is important because it burns off energy it loosens up the body the breath then allows us to control our mental state and then that finally allows us to sit and you know, be still with ourselves for a bit of time. Oh, brilliant! I know you've used that principle when I was doing mind your little self program, the circle chair on the last day of the week. Every week we do a circle chair, but I used to prime a boy doing physical movement, upper body, lower body, for that very reason, so we could bring the body down. We can burn off that excess nerves, energy, 
and then move into that kind of meditative state and then that just opens people up yeah. uh, and this has been going on for 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 youngs here's a question for you uh, i love asking people around the show the traits are great what's your practice what's your go-to things to do that keep you in check mind soul body and spirit what's what's your what's your practice you're always either swinging ropes uh boiling fucking carcasses or doing handstands <laughs> or, or singing kumbaya so tell us your secrets well that's it you just hit them there you know <laughs> um i think like for me over the last couple of years something that has really been just grounding for me and has helped me a lot is a, is a little morning practice do you know what i mean so we get up um, and I've learned now, like I, I was very rigid with it at the start where I would like get up, I'd do like 10 minutes of movement, I'd do 10 minutes of breathing and then I'd do a little bit of meditation. But I've kind of, it's good to be rigid at the start and, you know, make yourself do something until you form a habit. But um, yeah, now getting up in the morning, I move the body a little bit, I feel outwards, a little bit stiff, you know, kind of, I can move into that. Loosen it up a bit. I do a little bit of breathing, depending on where I'm at. You know, some days I need, I need to lift myself up, so I do a bit of fast breathing. Some days I need to calm myself down and calm the mind down, so I, I focus on the exhales and slow it down. And then that's all bringing me into that little bit of meditation. Um, whether it's five minutes or it's forty minutes, it depends on the day, but. The act of consistently coming back and doing that for me is just a powerful anchor, like a grounding point, you know. Um, and I find if I don't do it, like over the Christmas there, for instance, I kind of let it slide because it was out my routine, you know, just let it all slide. And my back started hurting, my head was all over the place, like it was cranky. I just, everything just slid away. So it's just that little practice is just so important. And for me, starting my day with that, like I know other people like to train in the evening or do their uh, meditation in the evening or whatever. But for me, setting up my body, setting up my mind with with the and setting up like my physical physiological self with the breath and going into the day with those things like in place, and then I'm enjoying that for the rest of the day rather than like going through my day. And then doing that at the end and going to bed, like that kind of doesn't make sense to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, me too. And for me, it's about just setting up the best day that I can have, you know, and a little bit of movement, a little bit of breathing, and a little bit of meditation for me is just a game changer. Like it has been a game changer over the last couple of years. So, yeah. Deadly, deadly. You know what you sunk into there? About when you made that comment back when we done that talk, close your mouth. Not mm. only does that work on focusing your breath, but then it's also giving you a, a space to be quiet, isn't it? It's just allowing that. And we, we find that kind of difficult at times is just to be quiet, stop that running around, do this, do that, must have a checklist. Even having a checklist and a to-do list is another form of avoiding be, doing nothing, isn't it? Sometimes doing nothing is doing loads. 100%, yeah, yeah, 100%. And then, like, the more, the more you start looking at, like, social media or, like, in the morning – the minute you look at your phone or you talk to someone or you read a message, then it starts the brain whirling. You know, I find I get up, I don't turn the lights on even. I get up, I have a shower in the dark, I don't look at my phone, I do me a little bit of moving, I do me breathing and I sit and it's all like, it's like I haven't properly woken up yet. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and then after that, I'll switch the lights on, I'll have my coffee and the day is go. But yeah, if I look at my phone before that, or I do went, like, find it, like, it'll start just, starts the mind twirling straight away. There's so many distractions, like, to pull us away. And you're right, like, checklists, all that shit. It's all just another form of distraction, avoidance. Yeah, you know? yeah. I have to ask you, what's your, what's your low-hanging fruit that people can take away? I know we talked about that when you've done that talk. <laughs> what, 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 have you changed your low-hanging fruit? Has the, has the man from Del Monte... <laughs> no, I haven't come across anything better than shut your mouth and bridge your nose. <laughs> ah, you should have left the gap. You should have left the gap. <laughs> no, I've learned, I have PTSD now after the last time, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, now, yeah, I haven't come across anything as powerful as just, yeah, changing your breathing patterns because the effects it has on your physical body, on your chemical exchange in your body and on your most importantly i think now 
on your emotional and mental state, you know, because the further you push towards stress, the more reactive you get, the more reactive you are, the worse your decisions are. And that's all just a snowball again, you know, that makes you more stressed. You make bad decisions, stresses you out more, you get more reactive. Like, I think now for us as modern humans, the stressors are no longer like a saber-toothed tiger trying to kill us or the neighboring tribe trying to take our resources, which is what we're built for, you know? That's what our systems are built for. But now all of the threats that we face are like in the ether. They're not real. It's like relationship stuff. It's emotional. It's fucking plastics bleeding, eating into our system, you know, BPAs and like toxins in our systems. All These are all things that are like we're not geared to deal with them, you know, mm. but using the breath, we can control stress. And I think stress, dealing with CO2 and dealing with stress and how our nervous system reacts to it is, yeah, it's the most powerful thing we can learn at the moment, you know, because it allows us to navigate our life differently, doesn't it? You know, absolutely. absolutely. Like, like I'm no expert at this. I'm not, I'm not, well, I'm not going around like in a, perfectly calm state all the time like this is stuff that i ha i have to use like and yeah I, I find it essential do you know what i mean and i now that i use it i wonder how i ever got through without it do you know what i mean it's like how do oh, i yeah. ever fucking deal with things without having this like tool to use so yeah i think yeah i think it's something that anybody can do you know and, and one thing to remember about breeding uh is that you're always doing it, right? So you're always doing breath work, whether you like it or not. So whether you think you're doing it or whether you think you're not doing it, the way you're breathing is affecting your mechanics, your nervous state, and the physiology of how you create energy in your body. So if you're going around panting through your mouth, you're creating that within your body. So you're creating more stress, you know, just by closing your mouth, focusing on your nasal breathing, you can change it. So if you consciously do it, it can be a complete game changer, but either way you're doing it, whether you're consciously doing it or not, the way you breathe is affecting how you present yourself in the world every day, you know? Absolutely. And maybe it's probably because in college or, or school of thoughts or the, the school of training, uh, anatomy physiology, we're told that it's an involuntary process, like the beating of the heart, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it may be involuntary and it's it's part of the nervous system, but we can control that by our breath. Like, I never thought I could control my breath. Well, I knew control my breath, but I didn't know the, the power that, that it has at all levels on our nervous system, our physiology, exactly. our our spiritual thing. It, it's fucking, it's, it's, I've got such an aha moment, it's bonkers. It's crazy. And it's like it's it's like everything in this world. Do you know what I mean, Matt? It's not as simple as this or this. Like that's the, can be the problem with science sometimes, is that it tries to like really simplify these super complex interdependent systems. So, you know, the way you think, like you have a negative thought, kicks off a stress response, your breathing pattern changes, you release fucking uh you release stress hormone, you release cortisol, that creates ATP, uses sugar to make to make energy. Do you know what I mean? Like there's all these cascading chains of things that are going on. So one talk can put you into a, a fight or flight state. At the same time, like one external factor of like seeing a certain person or experiencing a certain thing, or just the way you're breathing can send your whole system in. So there's they're like complex systems that are all like interdependent on so many different inputs you know that it's very hard to just say like it's involuntary like it can be involuntary but it can also be voluntary you know and even yeah, the, yeah. The, this, the nervous system it's called the autonomic nervous system like the ans like autonomic means we can't control it but that's not true like we know now but we're yeah. using breath so even the name of the, like the autonomic nervous system suggests that it's completely autonomous and that we have no control over it but we know that's not true now do you know what i mean like like really the name should be changed like a hundred percent because i was sitting outside the the the, the, the health office there two weeks ago getting the wrong waiting to get the rona test 
and it took me pulse and it was something like 60 APs per minute. And I, that's a bit high for me. It's normally not mm. like that. So I just sat and I breathed and I breathed for maybe two minutes and I got it down to 54, 53 by just sitting there breathing, breathing. I never thought about that. I just thought, Jesus, that's a little bit high. Yeah. And I have years of like training and understanding science, blah, blah, but I never got that uh, moment like I did now. Yeah. It's fascinating, man. It really is. Yeah. And it, it leaches everything that we do. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's involved in everything. It's unreal. It's unreal. Come here, very mindfully our time. If people yeah. want to if people want to work with you, want to hook up with you, do you want to learn how to do handstands and wear kill bandanas and pull the ball itself? <laughs> uh, <chicken laughs> you're the coolest motherfucker I know on Instagram. I follow you. You're either, you're either skipping, doing handstands, fucking putting a, a, a deadly stint on Jamie Oliver. <laughs> so if anyone wants to become cool and hip like you, where can they find you? Yeah. Cheers, brother. Uh, JodyKennedy.ie on Instagram. Uh, JodyKennedy.ie is my website as well. Um, yeah, I think that's bleeding everything, is it? You can sign up for my newsletter on there. I'm going to start kicking that newsletter off again. I've let it, I've let it uh, stagnate for, for a while, but um, I'm going to start kicking off that again, and I'm going to start doing some more podcasts, resident Sorry, dialogue. But- Forgot to mention that resonant dialogue. You up the dialogue. You up the chats. <laughs> so yeah, that's you can you can catch me there for whatever. Yeah, reach out if you have any questions. I'm more than happy to help. I forgot to ask a significant question. What's the one thing you'd like people to take away after listening to this interview? <laughs> Is that a serious question? No, that's serious. Oh, I thought you were trying to tease out like another shut your mouth and breathe through your nose. But I would, but yeah, I would say, say that as well. <laughs> In the in the thread of what we've been talking about, yeah, like uh, if start to practice on nasal breathing, man, it's like it's a game changer for your health. Do you know what I mean? So, and it's not something that you have to listen to me or listen to Matt. As Matt said, if you do it, you can feel it, and that's what I love about doing when I do like a seminar with Google or do breathwork piece with a corporate firm. Like these are non-believers. Do you know what I mean? Like like I'm going into the the trenches here with, with skeptics but one practice and they can feel it immediately i don't have to explain i can talk about carbon dioxide and the diaphragm and the vagus nerve all day but if i if i can get you breathing you can feel it instantly in your body do you know what i mean so you don't need to hear me talking it's something that you can experience um and that's gold like do you know what i mean if, if you can feel the benefit from it straight away then <laughs> you know it's that's how powerful it is so yeah, it's not to be underestimated. It's simple, but it's powerful. Um, and it's a subtle practice, but there's so much in it, you know. Uh, absolutely deadly. I'm absolutely delighted to have this podcast. I can't thank you enough. I want to thank you for the work that you do. You, you, you put out so much good content. It's so relevant and you, you bring in a lovely way. So I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for your friendship. I want to thank you for your beautiful wife, Aoife. Uh, I became friends with the two of you. Nothing but good and gifts have come my way. So thanks very much. You're an absolute legend. Uh, and I really appreciate having the chats with you. Thank you, brother. And likewise, I think you're, uh, you're doing God's work. You know, you're putting, putting out there stuff that you think is going to help people and... I think your ultimate goal is to do some positive change in the world, you know what I mean? And that's, I gravitate towards that and I respect it. And it takes balls to be <clears throat> authentic and to, to put your message out like that. So kudos to you and thanks for having me on. And, I'm uh, Appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, if anyone has any questions, reach out. I mean, I'm more than happy to, to help anyone. I'm not looking for anything off anyone. And, uh couple of big projects coming up this year as well so you're gonna see you're gonna see this game exploding now in the next while so I'll get you back eyes, on I'll get you back on then, so yeah yeah big time anytime <laughs> brother anytime I love having yeah. a chat so ah you're deadly you're deadly guys that's all we have for you today thanks very much Jody you're an absolute legend you want to check out Jody you have his details he's also the resonant dialogue podcast uh, I want to thank Noel Royley from Rooney Media Graphics. I want to thank Andy from Liberty Media Hub. Uh, the girls from Shannon's Hopeline doing amazing work with mental health and uh, at a grassroots level. And 
the suicide prevention. I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for listening to us. Uh, I'm putting the, the sponsors at the end because I'm not doing an intro anymore because it's it's driving Andy, me, uh, me, me trusty sidekick mad because I keep doing the interviews, then intros, and he has to sew all together. So in 2021, we're changed up a bit. I want to thank all the listeners. Thanks very much. And you can find us on Magic Minds, uh, www.magicminds.ie. And that's all we have for today. Jody Kenny, an absolute legend, pal. Thanks very much. Cheers, brother. Mind, mind, you, mind your little self. Take care, everybody. <laughs>